gaining speed and could be up to the task. The first hints of structure in quarks and leptons emerged from research into another still unsolved poser related to the numbers of different kinds of quarks and leptons that have been discovered. Protons and neutrons consist of two types of quarks, called the up quark and the down quark. Up quarks have two-thirds the electrical charge of the proton, a positive two-thirds, and quarks have a minus one-third of the proton's charge. Although only these two types of quarks, plus electrons, suffice to make up the matter of the universe, other quarks have been observed. The strange quark has the same charge as the down quark, but it is heavier. The bottom quark is an even heavier version. Similarly, the charm quark is a heavier cousin of the up quark, with the super-heavy top quark rounding out the up quark family. Particle physicists have observed all these quarks, but the four heavier ones decay in fractions of a second into the lightest two. The electron also has heavy, unstable cousins, the muon and the even heavier tau lepton, both of which have the same charge as the electron. And the known menagerie of particles includes three copies of neutrinos, all of which are super lightweight and electrically neutral. This cornucopia naturally led physicists to ask, given that the up quark, down quark, and electron are the only particles necessary to build a universe, why do they have so many cousins? The question can be encapsulated in Nobel Prize-winning physicist I. I. Rabi's oft-quoted quip when he learned of the discovery of the muon. Who ordered that? One way scientists went about tackling the mystery of populous particle families was to construct a chart delineating the features of all known elementary particles, analogous to the periodic table of chemical elements. The periodic table offered physicists the first hints that the chemical elements might not be fundamental, that systematic patterns in the atom's inner structure might account for similar properties of elements in particular rows and columns. The table of quarks and leptons has three columns called generations, which is why the mystery of particle multiplicity is now referred to as the generation problem. Generation 1 includes the up and down quark as well as the electron and electron neutrino, everything needed to explain our familiar universe. Generation 2 contains the somewhat more massive versions of the same particles. Generation 3 has the most massive of all. The standard model treats the quarks and leptons as point-like particles without any internal structure. But the patterns within the table, as within chemistry's periodic table, raise the possibility that the differences in generations stem from the configuration of even smaller building blocks of matter within quarks and leptons. Another historical precedent, near the dawn of the 20th century, that may have relevance in the search for the quark's underlying structure is the discovery of radioactive decay. Through a process not understood at the time, one element can transmute into another. We now know that by changing the number of protons and neutrons in the nucleus, it is possible to achieve the goal of medieval alchemists and convert lead into gold. The range of possible transmutations is even wider, as nuclear alchemy can even convert a neutrino into a proton, or the reverse, by changing the identity of their constituent quarks. 
This transformation occurs via the weak nuclear force, which can also transmute leptons, although quarks cannot be changed into leptons or vice versa. Just as the conversion of one element into another reflects the complex inner workings of the atom, so the metamorphosis of the quarks and leptons may provide yet another hint of even finer details within those particles. Many hypothetical building blocks for quarks and leptons have emerged, each with a different name, but the term prion has stuck as a generic descriptor for all of them. In most cases, the same name applies to the constituents of the particles that carry the forces acting on these bits of matter. As an illustration, consider a straightforward model proposed independently in 1979 by Chaim Harari, then at the Stanford Linear Accelerator Center, and Michael Shoup, then at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and subsequently extended...